everybody, and welcome to this episode of Tales of the Resistance, the podcast where we talk nonstop about everybody's favorite topic, microbial pathogens. So I'm Mara Zalt. I'm the project manager here with I Am Responsible, and I'm joined today by Amber Patterson. Hey guys, I'm Amber. I'm the multimedia graphics designer for the I Am Responsible project. And by Bella Brining. Hi, I'm Bella, an undergrad working in digital content for I Am Responsible. Today on the show, we have Dr. Gutierrez Rodriguez, um, who's from Colorado State University. And he has a pretty interesting perspective on antimicrobial resistance because he's working mostly in the produce side of uh, food production rather than on animals, which is where we hear a lot more about antibiotics and antibiotic resistance. But antibiotic resistance affects everything. And so of course it affects produce as well. We had a really good conversation with him um, getting into the complications with being one of the only people talking about antibiotic resistance in his field. So uh, we're looking forward to sharing that with y'all. Um, welcome to the podcast, Eduardo. Thanks for joining us today. Um, would you start by introducing yourself and tell the audience what you do related to antimicrobial resistance? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me, Mara and Amber. Um, it's always um, a treat to um, do a little bit of thinking of what we've been doing in antimicrobial resistance. So um, my name is Eduardo Gutierrez Rodriguez. I cannot leave my mother outside. Um, I am a faculty at Colorado State University. I have been in the fresh produce industry, either in the, uh, I guess, as a processor owner and also now as a researcher. So I think uh, I have been in total for about maybe over 20 years in this produce industry. It's a very dynamic and, and, and interesting one. And, and so you get to know a lot of uh, good people uh, when you're working with this. Um, I got uh, basically introduced to AMRO, at least I thought the first time that I kind of got involved or, or got um, a good real life situation event was when um, my parents and one of my uncles went to a trip in China. And again, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's specifically to China. I think it's just specifically as to like, sometimes you travel and things happen. But to make the story short, when he came back from uh, the trip, one of my uncles was uh, se uh, severely ill. And uh, one of these microorganisms was basically resistant against all the typical anti antibiotics that we could use. In, in hospitals. And so he was very sick. He stayed in the hospital for about three months. And, and, and basically at the very end, um, we were told that there was these two little vials left and right, uh, two different last result uh, antibiotics that are used in very specific cases. And so that they were gonna go with one of them because they thought that the organism would be able to uh, respond less effectively against one of those. And so they tried it on him. And yes, it worked, uh, but after that, he was never the same. It just took the wind out of the guy. And, and then after that, snowballed into many other uh, issues. But I think that that's when, that was the first time in which I was really, um, uh, well, I saw it uh, face to face. 
And then that made me sort of think about all the previous times in which I was exposed since uh, we were farmers. My, 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 my dad was a farmer. My stepdad were farmers in their own ways. And so when we were working with animals, of course, some of these animals were, were sick. And so, of course, we had to treat them with, with antibiotics. So that kind of brought to me like all these past time in which I had been exposed to antibiotics at the farm. And also, you know, the occasional times in which I have, I had been sick in which antibiotics had to be used. Not, I, it was not often that I got sick. So it was actually a rare event. So in very few occasions, I had to get uh, treated with antibiotics, but in any way, it sort of made me think of that. And so uh, with sort of that simple history behind it, um, as I started working with uh, producing research, uh, many of the organisms that we were recovering from the environment, we started sort of looking at them and sequencing them and looking at some of their resistance. And long and behold, many of the ones that we were finding in the environment had some sort of level of resistance. And so that, of course, is triggered and spanned many of the, of the research activities that we're doing. But that's kind of like how I was uh, sort of introduced and what led me to be more involved in antimicrobial resistance within the uh, produce industry. So that was the very first time uh, that you had heard about AMR, is that very personal connection? Well, I, I, had, I, had, I had heard before of uh, antimicrobial resistance, but, you know, maybe uh, as, a, as, a, as a, a consumer and as reading about it, I had, of course, seen that it was used in, in therapeutic conditions in, in animals or to increase, um, you know, yield in, in animal production or when you, I mean, I had pets, so sometimes they were sick, so to treat the pets, and of course, as humans, in, in, in different scenarios, but, but within sort of like a, a, a really dived in uh, time to read and understand this, it happened until that time. I hadn't really paid a lot of attention bef before that, and, and maybe because I was in an industry in which you know, antimicrobial resistance was not something that was really looked into because uh, we have been occupied for the past 30 years in trying to prevent food safety outbreaks in fresh produce. So, so the focus was more on trying to understand the sources of contamination in fresh produce or minimally processed foods and not as much focus on antimicrobial resistance within uh, the scope of the outbreaks or within the scope of people uh, getting sick. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I guilty of being one of those uh, consumers that maybe was uh, associated or, or, or mainly associating this with animals or the other one, aquaculture, uh, which was also an important one. And, and, and it, it's funny you say that because I had a friend that um, his father uh, had an aquaculture uh, operation for shrimp and other um, um, uh, uh, shrimp and fish. And in the fish uh, operation, they were using uh, antibiotics too. So, you know, again, I started connecting dots, but until that specific moment that was so close to, to, to family, I really, I really started looking into, into much more detail on this. Yeah, I think that, that, I think that was probably, probably true for all of us as we started to explore this, is you don't really realize how, how it does affect all these facets of yep. not just food production, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how exactly your family had got sick, whether it was from food or from like a, you know, some kind of infection in, in the hospital or something like that, because that's, that's another one that's a big part too. 
part, well, my, part of the story as well. My uncle picked it up while being in, in China, picked it up somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, during the trip, um, he was diabetic. So I think one of the other issues is that I don't think he was really taking good care of himself <laughs> uh, while trying all the wonderful dishes and foods that, that uh, you have available in China. Right. So I know that one of the things that was seen when when he arrived to the hospital here was that all his metabolomic profiles associated with uh, diabetes were out of whack. So, I mean, I think that also a contributing factor was that he was not taking care of himself and within the, the diabetic requirements or needs when you are type two diabetic. So, you know, want to make sure that we we are all honest about this, too. So. Um, but, you know, I mean, uh, then later on, I, you know, got married, got children. And then one of my uh, daughters also had a, a, an infection and it, it was, and it was an antimicrobial resistant E. coli. But at that time, I was I was I was working much more uh, in detail in some of these things. So I was surprised about this. Um, and then uh, later on, a very uh, a, a very dear member of our of our family passed away uh, in a combination of uh, COVID and an antimicrobial resistant proteus bacteria that um, we typically recover from soils. So, you know, it has really, it has really escalated <laughs> its uh, presence in my life. Uh, and, and, and this uh, sort of last comment here was kind of a little bit of a punch to the gut because in many instances, I have recovered that bac bacteria proteus from soils uh, and, and, you know, I've had it in my lab and we've known that it's antimicrobial resistance. And yet uh, when this uh, dear uh, family member passed away, of course, the main issue was he had COVID, but also uh, the, the, the finishing punch was an antimicrobial resistant produce bacteria that, um, you know, the doctors find, found out about it late because unfortunately, typically what they start with is with a generic uh, approach or application of antibiotics. And of course the organism was resistant to basically almost anything. And by the time they figured it out, it was too late. And so he passed away. So, you know, it's, a, it's been quite a, quite a process. And, and, and of course this COVID happened recently. So it's, it's a bigger uh, 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 hit to the gut because, you know, now there's publications and things that we've been doing. And, and so, you know, it, it puts it much more in context, uh, the importance of this. Yeah, and, and what you said for both of those stories, the the importance of other factors, the other Correct. health factors that, um, you know, a healthy, otherwise healthy person may be able to survive an antimicrobial resistant infection, but it just right. becomes that much more important when when other health factors are involved. We need those antibiotics, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've had antibiotics, I guess, what, uh, 1930 was around that time when we first discovered penicillium. And then later in that kind of like closer to the 1940s, that's when they started becoming to be readily available. So we have basically, what, 70 years with them. And, and so within those 70 years, we've been pretty successful, you know, at, 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 at growing the population, uh, human population and growing the, the animal production and many aspects of, 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 of the benefits that we currently have in our society, thanks to the development of, I think we have 15 different types of antibiotics, if I recall correctly. Um, but you know, I mean, it's just 70 years, but I, I guess, unfortunately, over those 70 years, there's been quite a bit of misuse in, in different industries here. And, and again, the point is not to uh, blame or chastise an industry, but the issue is that 
we have misused them and, and they are not readily available in the environment. So all these microorganisms have been creating resistance over these 70 years. And, and, and I think many of us, not, 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 only, not only in produce, but in many other industry, industries are concerned that we might get to a point in which we were before antibiotics existed. Because you know, every, every, there's so many resistant genes available right now that um, we're running out of options. Exactly, up against the wall here. So uh, a little bit of a, a last question on the introduction part. Um, so you've, you've described uh, how important this topic is to you personally and um, kind of how you work within AMR. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with the I Am Responsible team and, and kind of what you're looking forward in the future, uh, what we can do together or what you're hoping to do within your own work and extension and research? Sure. You know, I got approached um, back in, uh, when I was in North Carolina, uh, another faculty position by several uh, uh, faculties about uh, sort of forming part of the, of the team. At the time, myself and other folks were kind of like in this strange transition, but of course it, it resonated quite a bit with us because um, at the time, a colleague of mine in the College of Veterinary Medicine and myself, uh, we were working actively in the transmission of uh, human pathogens from animal operations to farms. And so we've been looking at uh, water transmission, air transmission, soil transmission, and, and the plant in itself. So as we sort of did these studies, uh, mainly funded by the Center for Produce Safety, which we're very grateful for, um, we started realizing that we had many of these organisms that had this antimicrobial resistance. And, and so from, from that point on, uh, uh, Sid and myself and other uh, and another colleague from UK that I'm forgetting his name, uh, sorry, uh, he's awesome. Um, you know, uh, we started discussing about approaching this also from the antimicrobial resistant aspect of things and trying to understand why, uh, why those things are. And, and, and of course, our goal for, for, for Seed and myself uh, within the AMR uh, uh, or uh, AMR responsible group, you know, was to try to sort of bridge that gap between animal and, and produce uh, uh, worlds and, you know, try to bring a little bit more awareness uh, within the produce side. I, I you know, being critical about, of what, what you do, I think we, we, we could have done or we could continue to do a, a much better job than what we're doing, but, you know, um, we don't give up and we keep uh, 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 going forward. And But anyway, that's kind of like how we got involved. There was this opportunity to form a, a state or a, not a state, a national group of people that were going to uh, be providing information to consumers, which I think is one of the most important things that is missing out there, specifically about antimicrobial resistance in different fields. And so uh, it was a great opportunity to be able to try to put this uh, or try to start putting this forward, uh, especially with the produce industry. And again, the produce industry right now is dealing with so many problems that uh, one of the issues is whether to bring another one, another potential situation associated with antimicrobial resistance with many of the things that we're trying to, co to, to control right now. But I think, you know, slow and steady wins the race, slowly but surely trying to bring awareness, trying to understand the systems, while at the same time tackling the biggest problems that we have right now, which are basically outbreaks associated with human pathogens that we either don't understand the, the, the source or we don't understand the transmission, but to still get people sick and many people get sick and some of them die too. So, you know, I think we can try to tackle those two things uh, together uh, to try to see if we can minimize some of these problems. But, but, but in a nutshell, that's kind of like how we got involved. 
um, and then we continue to be involved and we hopefully will in, improve the way that we've been involved in the group. I think we've all felt some of that, especially working in the outreach, outreach and communication side. Sometimes it does feel like we're getting nowhere. But I mean, with the outreach we do, if one person walks away from that day knowing more about antimicrobial resistance, we are doing our job. It doesn't have to change the world. It just has to wake up the world. So if you look at it in that way, then even this podcast is touching lives. The three of ours, if no one else's. So with that in mind, uh, we have to say we so appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, Eduardo. Um, you got given us some really important things to think about. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, guys, I think that one is a little different in tone than what we've done heard in the past, but but important perspective. I mean, antimicrobial resistance is serious. It's we're talking about the lives, potentially the lives of millions of people. It could and maybe even should be scary enough to. you know, make us change our behavior. And sometimes we don't really know what that behavior should be, not in every realm yet. You know, this is still, we're still learning, we're still discovering. So I, I think this is an important perspective, although um, uh, maybe <laughs> a little harrowing, a little harrowing at times. It definitely is putting me in a little existential crisis, but I think that is the part of science looking at yourself and realizing that there is something so much bigger that you're contributing to. And if looking at that through a new lens in which you really self-reflect and think about how this is harming others, if that's what's going to elicit change, then that's what we need to be talking about. Sure. I really appreciate how honest he was. I mean, that takes courage. Um, And I also like that he came at it from a very human point of view you know he really dove into the feeling of it because we we do need to address that I think we talk so much about the science and what it is that we're doing to be proactive which are all great things and we can't lose sight of that either but it's important to really focus on the consequences and truly look at where we're at at this point that is very well said for both you guys and important points to include and to think about when we're talking about a big health issue like antimicrobial resistance. So looking forward to next week, we'll probably have a little bit of a tonal shift, but we're excited for it all the same. Next time we have coming up Stephanie Lansing, who works in waste management at the University of Maryland. So let's all get excited for our next episode. Thank you for listening.